Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. After all the rain we experienced in Philadelphia over the weekend, it was only right that the Philadelphia 76ers took it a different approach with the rain as they rained and drilled and rained threes from the very start against the Washington Wizards tonight in South Philadelphia. Hello all and welcome to the PHLY Sixers postgame show here on the PHLY Sixers podcast. Of course, All City with Derek Bodner. I'm Devon Givens. We'll have Kyle Newback live from the arena a little bit later on after the press conferences and a visit to the locker room. Brianna doing a great job, of course, getting us set here on the show. Derek, um, I saw you make a three-pointer before you left the <laughs> arena as the six to contribute to the Sixers win tonight, a blowout, a rout on this Monday night. I'll tell you what, given that Washington defense, I had a chance. I had a chance. You give me enough time. Look, I think the, the NBA three-point line, that extra three feet, it can be a little bit disorienting, but I think with the way Washington was playing, I had a chance. Just the short corner three. Yeah. That's all. Line up yeah. in the short corner three, and you're all good. So we'll break it down, get into it all with you guys. We'll read some of your comments. Of course, communicate with you during the entire show. Check in with Kyle a little bit later. But look, man, we got to start a, a big-time, again, performance. But nothing to really jump out of our seats about it except except for we know Washington is bad this is the third yep. time we've seen them and this is the third victory for the Sixers while Joel Embiid did not hit his 49 point average tonight against the Washington Wizards he dominated yet again with another double double 34 10 boards contributing six assists also a block shot he did have seven turnovers couple of silly behind the back passes just because he was in such a good groove he felt like Oh, yeah, hell, yeah. let me try this. Yeah. And the ball will go out of bounds when he simply could have had maybe two more assists by, by making a simple pass. But he was phenomenal. Uh, all player, all 15 players that suited up tonight scored. Ten players hit a three-pointer. I think it was ten that, that it ended up with hit a three-pointer tonight. Derek, this is just a good old-fashioned, let me get in here, mix it up a little bit, beat down, and take this team down. Look, after what they just had a week ago, where, yes, they, they beat this Wizards team. They're now 3-0 and against this group. But you had to play Embiid into the fourth quarter. You had to play your starters pretty much the entire game because their defense was so bad that Washington was able to keep it relatively close. <laughs> well, you came out tonight, 12-0 run, included three maxi threes right from the jump. Tobias Harris had another one. It was 12-0 Sixers within, I think, about a minute 40 into the yep. game. Ended up with a 19-2 run to start, and it was legitimately never close. Like, this game was never, ever, ever in doubt. That's why you bring up some Embiid end of the night with, I think it was, what, seven turnovers. He was just screwing around. Like, he was trying behind the back passes in transition. He was underhand outlet passes. Like, he was just screwing around. And he still ended up with 34 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, along with those seven turnovers. You know, he came out in the second half. 
I think he had 17 points in the third quarter that really put it away. Not that it was in doubt, but by the time he left the floor, I think it was a 40-point lead. Got to hit the average, Derek. He, he did because he knew <laughs> once he subbed out, he wasn't coming back right. in. So you got to get those points. Right. All points end up counting the same, especially when you start talking about MVP awards at the end of the season. Yeah, It was just nice. Like This is what a competent, very good team should do against that collection of misfits in Washington. And look... It's one thing, like, they're, Wizards were obviously without Daniel Gafford. Yeah. And when you say that's a big loss for him because they're, they're the best, he's the best defensive option Washington has against Joel Embiid, you realize how behind the eight ball Washington is because Daniel Gafford gets destroyed mm-hmm. by Joel Embiid. But he was better than Mike Muscala. Washington had no chance as long as the Sixers came out and executed. And the fact that Joel Embiid, yeah, he was dominant at times, didn't really push it outside of that third quarter because I think... They had so many different ways. And as long as the Sixers played, like I said, competent defense and they forced Washington 22 turnovers and didn't completely barf all over themselves, they were going to win convincingly. Well, they they not only did they not barf all over themselves, but they played a very good, fundamentally sound, good ball movement game. They're getting out in transition. I thought they played with good pace. I thought they were able to get to Embiid when they needed to. I thought they were able to swing it around on the perimeter and find their shooters when they were able to. It was just a good all-around performance against a team that is just an unserious franchise, but you're going to play a lot of these. And this was, you know, I feel like they've been winning a lot against these types of teams. This is one of the few times where it actually felt like they took it seriously. And we'll take it back to last week. What was it? Last Wednesday? Yeah. Last Wednesday where they were in Washington, taking on the wizards, gave up 125 points. They had to fight and scrap to the very end to get that six point victory on that Wednesday night. This was more like it. This is exactly what you want to see. Maybe not to the tune of 40 plus points, but a good old fashioned. Um, this is what we're going to do to you tonight, and you're going to know about it, and you're going to you're going to feel this when you leave. As they drop to three and nineteen on the season, the Sixers improved to fifteen and seven, and that's exactly what they did. They just came out and did their job like they're supposed to do, especially against a a, a team that's undermanned, albeit that one player. But that one player does make a little bit of a difference with the resistance at the rim that that Daniel Gafford gives the Washington Wizards. So they have to go in a different direction with Mike Muscala and how they play. But overall, with Embiid just continuing to play like he plays, doing the Joel Embiid stuff that he does, he was messing around tonight and and doing the. Uh, we had a we had somebody pointed out there in the uh, I think it was a super chat there where Corey donating two bu- two bucks. We thank you, Corey. Joel was doing his white chocolate yep. impression tonight, Jason Williams, and that's exactly what it was, just messing around because. That's how lopsided this thing was tonight. But as you said it, and, and you know, I'll jump in and follow off of something that you pointed out. You like the approach. Once they came out, and this had that feel, as soon as it came out and they dropped those 12, those quick 12 points, Maxi with the two threes, mm-hmm. Tobias Harris hits one, and they're up 12 nothing immediately. And all right, enough. West Sunset Jr. calls a timeout. It was very fast. And you said, okay. All right, this is what it's going to be. And they were up 19-2 to at one point. And I thought they were just going to continue to route. But Washington didn't quit at that point. Kyle Kuzma getting some buckets at the rim. Some other players contributing. Corey Kispert coming in, playing a little, a little bit also. And then the Sixers once again turned it up. Even when the reserves came in, Pat Beverly knocking down his first couple of shots. Nick Batum making the right passes. This is the type of performance you want to see. Not that... It's December, and we know how all Devon and Derek, it's just December, and they're playing against the Washington Wizards. This means nothing when it comes to 
April and May. Of course it doesn't. We don't worry about that right. until we get there. Right now, they did exactly because you know why? When you have a performance like the one they did last Wednesday against this very basketball team and they give up a buck 25 and only win by six, then we're complaining about that. But this yes. is exactly what you were supposed to get from this group, making a, a total of 23-pointers on 46 attempts. They shot 54.7% from the floor. They turned the ball over just 14 times. They forced 22, getting 31 points off of those mistakes from the Washington Wizards and 37 assists on 52 made baskets. They were feeling themselves tonight as they should have against this Washington basketball team. Maybe that continues on the road against Detroit on Wednesday and also possibly carries over on Friday when the Sixers host that same Detroit team in a home and home where we'll have our PHLY Sixers takeover on that night. Hope to see you all there. But And if you don't have your tickets, go to allphly.com, the events tab up on the top. You can get tickets. Come join Devon, Kyle, myself. We will all be there taking in uh, that basketball game. That's it. And look, they just just easy work here. Easy work tonight. And we'll get into everybody else with the box score and looking at Tyrese Maxey with another really good performance with 24 points and six assists. Came out on fire. Had five total threes made on the evening uh, on nine attempts. And I see AC Phyllis says the turnover numbers are are irrelevant. And B was hyping, you know, trying his globetrotter tricks when they were up yeah. 130. Yeah, and that's what we said. We said he was out there messing around, having a good time because he could. And 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 it was good to see. It was good to just sit back and Derek and I looking at each other saying, look, we know what we're going to talk about, but goodness gracious, we didn't expect it to be like this. Yeah. This well, easy. And honestly, I don't entirely know what we're going to talk about because there's just not that much to analyze from that game. I don't right. exactly know how we're going to get an hour out of this one. This one might be a little more of a struggle. I might end up the show asking you what your favorite Ninja Turtle is. We could get completely weird here because there's just not a lot. Kyle and I have discussed this before. I actually don't want to have that conversation because I think Kyle <laughs> wants to be a part of that. Okay. Anyway, All right. it was, look, and you brought it up. There is... Nobody's going to throw them a victory tour not at because all. they beat the Washington Wizards in the middle of December. Nobody's going to read into it. We're not going to pretend that this is the Boston Celtics are playing against. It doesn't have any relevance to what they're going to do in April and May. But it is a little bit of a no-win situation because when they do play poorly, God, heaven forbid they lose a game, but even last week when they only won by five and you had to play your starters deep in, we criticize them for it. So if we're going to criticize them for when they let them in, we do have to give them credit for you know jumping out to that 12-0 lead, 19-2 lead, and then they kept pushing it. And pretty much every check-in point you would have, end of the first quarter, end of, or at halftime, end of the third quarter, they extended the lead each and every one. And that lead just grew at a pretty you know, direct rate. They never at any point let there be any doubt of the outcome of this game. And again, Washington stinks, but they are a professional team, and the Sixers just completely stamped the life out of them. Yes, they did. Good. Yes, they did. Good I'll job. I'll, I will take an easy, easy, because I feel like outside of the Lakers game, a couple games here and there, some of these games have been a little closer than you would want, especially against the this, this stretch where it seems like every team is a tire fire. Give me a couple easy ones. I'm okay with that. Yep, absolutely. Okay and you know what? Since you said we, I, mean, I don't know what we're going to talk about. I do. I have a question for you when we uh, get back in, in a minute. I, I do have a question for you that I want to pose to you because of something that we got to see a little bit. Uh, I know Tyus Jones again on another tryout for the Sixers, if, if you look at it through the Kyle Newbeck eyes. 
And we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later with Kyle when he joins us. Uh, but I do have a question about, about the Sixers and the backcourt overall. We'll get to that, that question on the other side. Yeah, so we want to tell you about Wheelhouse. Wheelhouse is our go-to sports... Co- I apologize, I got a little distracted no, no, reading no. the chat. People were chiming in with their favorite Ninja Turtle. I was kind of interested in the conversation. Anyway, I we want to tell you about Wheelhouse Cards. Wheelhouse is our go-to sports card, gift, and apparel shop in the Delaware Valley. Their motto is cards and community because love of sports unites us all. They carry all your favorite card brands like Topps, Chrome Baseball, and Mosaic Football, as well as t-shirts, hats, and hoodies from brands like Mitchell & Ness, 47 brand junk food starter and Scheib vintage sports. If you're looking to grade your sports card collection, Wheelhouse offers PSA grading submissions. They also host tons of different family-friendly events and birthday parties every month. Stop into either of their stores in Wayne or Westchester, open seven days per week at 11 a.m. Use code PHOI and get $10 off any purchase of $25 or more in store. Also, be sure to give them a follow on Instagram at Wheelhouse Cards. Absolutely. Make sure you get in there. I'm a big card guy. I used to be. I'm not going to say that. Mm-hmm. I used to be a big card guy as a kid. I still have a big box of uh, cards. At, See, at, I was at never, home. I never needed like a complete set. Yeah. Although I have a couple. I feel like I have one of those like really old, like 1987. I forget if it was Tops or Fleer, the one mm-hmm. that like everybody had. But I was never huge into like a complete set, but I wanted individual cards from like people I cared about. Okay. Um, so I was into collecting that. Okay. I got you. We can get back to that in just a bit, but I want to tell you about game time. If you want to hang out at the games, maybe some sporting events, some other type of events you would like to get to, but you're having trouble with your tickets, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be all that stressful. It's not for me because I go to game time, which is the fastest and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. I've taken advantage of it in the past with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you'll have. And for me, again, I like to go to comedy shows and see some comedians that when they come into town, when they when they grace our city, I like to be there. I go to game time. Flash deals and last minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. And you can get the images of the seats that you're trying to purchase. Those views are also available. Lowest price guarantee, event cancellation, protection, job loss protection, etc., when you try to get these tickets. Game Time is a place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, baseball, basketball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress uh, with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your per- first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. So, my, my cards, okay. just to get back, and then we'll get back yeah. to the show overall, but I, to the cards. Basketball, baseball, and uh, football were the biggest ones for me. And I'm telling you, Derek, I still have a bunch. They're not in mint condition, so that was my fault. I wasn't looking to do that for a lot of the cards when I was growing up. It was just more of, oh, I have that one. Yes, I did put them in the plastic sleeves and have the notebook and uh, the binder and all that stuff. But, yeah, man, since they've come back in a big way like they have, and I know Zach takes his son, Zach Berman takes his son to the wheelhouse. He loves it. 
I, it makes me want to go back and get to my box and yeah. say, see what's in there. You, you know what I mean? I don't know if I have too many from when I was a kid. Uh, I lost a lot, okay. including the individual and the sets. Um, I was also a little more of a collector of other kinds of memorabilia. Yeah. Like my most prized possession is my ticket to game five of the 2008 World Series. Okay, uh, I have that hanging up in my office. Um, but autographs, I was big on autographs. I remember when I was a kid, my dad had a, for a couple of years, had a, like a Sunday game plan. And we used to always come down early and, and you know, go down to uh, right by the field and try to get as many autographs as we can. I think at one point I had almost every starter from the 1993 team with, I think I even got Lenny. I forget how I got Lenny and Lenny was pretty notorious for not signing. I think I missed John Cruck. I think he was the only one I didn't get an autograph, okay. but I was trying to get like a ball with everyone on there. And it wasn't because of like any valuation because actually having multiple signatures on a ball uh, devalues it. But I have like four or five baseballs from when my dad had tickets uh, with as many autographs as I could get. So I was more into that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's cool, man. I, I wasn't big into the, to the autographs like that. It was more of, oh, there's such and such and you just move on uh, from it. But yeah, I, I get that, man, because at that time it was really cool. Now yeah. we've been around these people for so long. We're just like, oh, okay. Yep. What's up? No, it's it's completely. And let's keep on moving. Unless you're coming on the show, and we'll get those people (laughs) on the show. But I do have a question because at the end of the first quarter, when we saw, and into the second quarter, when we saw also Tyrese Maxey and Patrick Beverly, how how do you view that? It was the Wizards, so I'm not overreacting. But we've seen it now for a little bit where. We may still feel like, hey, they need another ball handler as a backup. Tyus Jones, Monte Morris, whoever that player might be later yep. on down the line. Patrick Beverly is playing some really good basketball over the last couple of weeks. When he and Maxie are out there, and again, I understand the opponent, they are fun. Yeah. Especially when he's hitting his shots. You know what Maxie's going to do, but when he is hitting his shots, it makes it all of that more interesting when they're out there because of the way that he dogs the uh, ball handler. Patrick Beverly still gets up in their shorts, gets up in their jersey. And then, uh, of course, Maxie is engaged in that way. And then you go back on the other end, and now Patrick Beverly just feels real good, and he just starts firing away from beyond the three-point line. They're fun to watch together for the amount of games that we've seen them play, especially when, it, of course, it's been positive. Yeah, and look, I first of all, the Sixers don't have a lot of great perimeter defenders. Mm-hmm. Uh, even someone like the Anthony Melton has things that you can pick on him for, both because he's short and he struggles to get through screens. But not only does Beverly give you a little more in terms of, you know, like I said, just fighting through screens, being a good pick and roll defender. But lately he's actually been shooting the ball, which is fantastic. I think he started the season off like, like two of 22 or something like that from three point range. Uh, but with the way he's shooting coming into the game over his last Six games, he was shooting 40% from three and taking 4.2 attempts per game. Came And obviously one of those games was, you know, that game against uh, Boston a little while back where they were missing some guys. Um, but he came in tonight and hit a couple as well. Uh, and yep. the way that, honestly, the first three weeks or so of the season, he didn't look like he could get the ball to the rim. Like he just it didn't was look like he had any legs under his jumper. And it was real tough to watch. So for him to now come out and look competent shooting the ball, look, does it really change everything? No, it doesn't really change the equation because you would still like, it's only just about having a ball handler, but you need some shot creation as well. Someone who can take you off the dribble, get you into your offense. That's never really been his game. It's still not. You would still like to get probably another point guard. But really what I focus on even more than that is just to get another guy who can really create shots for others. And in order to do that, you also have to be able to dribble, which will help alleviate some of the you know ball handling deficiencies that they have. 
But I certainly look at, at Beverly now, and am I convinced he can be a, a guy in the playoffs? No, not yet. He's still just a little bit limited offensively for me to really trust him. Mm-hmm. Doesn't really do a whole lot off-ball, so there's a little bit of a weird dynamic there. But certainly as like a, a 4A kind of baseball player who can just help you eat innings, he's provided more than I think I thought he had left and will at least help get you to... I'm a little more comfortable with him helping getting you to that trade deadline. But I do still think they need shot creation um, and and that will help alleviate some of the backup point guard problems. Made three of his four three attempts tonight, and he hit those immediately coming in. And that's to your point. Early on in the season, he just seemed like it was a challenge to get the ball to the rim, especially from the top of the key, which we all know is the furthest uh, shot, even though straight away is still the furthest. And he was struggling to get that lift on the shot, to get that arc underneath it, to give it some air to to actually make it, and even from the wing. And then now... I mean, the step backs, of course, going back to the Boston a couple of weeks ago, some things that he did last week playing tonight, he came right in. The ball swings to him. He's just shooting the basketball and he's not even thinking about it. And as I see it, Dave P says, yeah, you know, Joel affects everything (laughs) in his comments. And Corey talks about, honestly, I'd rather have Pat Bev over Tobias, (laughs) to be honest, which I never thought I would say. I'm not going there, Corey, but. He's been playing well, and I, that was my point, especially when he subs in for Melton and they're in the backcourt together with the, the fact that he, he dogs the, defend, uh, the, pardon me, the opponent's ball handling the way that he does, and now he has that confidence on offense. Sometimes when he had that confidence early on, it was that irrational confidence maybe because he felt like he could get a shot off, but then it didn't, it didn't hit the rim, and we were like, okay, maybe you need to settle down a little bit, but he's gotten to a really good groove and Patrick Beverly has really settled into the role right now where, as Derek said, sure, we're probably waiting for him to get to the trade deadline to take those minutes and fill out in the event that they go and acquire another player. But for right now, and it's not to overrate anybody, it's just simply what we're seeing for this 15-7 and seven basketball team. You need somebody to have those minutes. Patrick Beverly is playing some good basketball that I wasn't quite sure. I wanted to see it. And, and when he came in and he had his introductory press conference, he said all the right things, and he really made it very easy to say, okay, you know what? I'm buying in for right now. I need to see it, but for what he's saying, I'm buying in for right now, and, and so far, he, he has been really good. How sustainable is it? I don't know, but he has been pretty good, and especially when he's teaming up there in that backcourt with Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, I mean, look, I think Beverly's a guy, especially when he's on your team, he's the kind of guy that I want to root for, because I do like watching him get after it on defense. I do like that kind of, um, you know, that spirit that he brings and the toughness that he brings. But coming into the season, I was very skeptical of whether or not he could actually contribute. He is 35. Uh, he was never exactly the fleetest of foot or the quickest off the dribble. To begin with, you lose a step, it could be real tough to still be a viable offensive player. And with the way he came out over the first couple of weeks, he looked like, yeah, father time had caught up to him. He might be you know, to the point where he's not able to be kept on the floor offensively. Mm -hmm. So for him to come out here and give you a glimmer of hope, it makes me quite honestly a little bit happy. It makes me happy because you get a little bit more ball handling on the floor, which Kyle and I have talked about, I feel like almost every show, but it's great to at least have somebody who can break a press, but it's great just because I enjoy watching him play and I enjoy the kind of swagger that he brings and the cockiness and the trash talking and, and, and the defense. And like I said, I'm still skeptical over whether or not you can do that in the playoffs. But he's certainly given me way more than I thought, especially after the way he started. How much easier is it to appreciate him when he's not on the other team 
versus Wimbledon. Oh, he was very annoying. <laughs> very. Was, I, I say this very. all the time, but I remember he was coming up, I think it was against Evan Turner in Summer League the one year. Okay. And he just hounded him to the point where Evan Turner couldn't even put the ball on the floor. And it was, first of all, it was really impressive to watch him. And wow, that guy's, you know, he's going to, it might take him some time. And I think he ended up having to go overseas. It took him some time to get established. But he has a mentality and a defense to make a name for himself. But also the first time I went like, oh shit, I don't know if this whole Evan Turner thing's going to work. I'm having a little bit of doubts right now. Um, so I always remember that game, but he is, yeah, he's fun to watch when you're not trying to dribble against him. Yeah, yeah, no question. I couldn't imagine trying to dribble against him and trying to bring the basketball up the floor and trying to get into my offensive set with that guy yeah, because he's he's just a, he's a, he's he's a terror, man. He's he's a hound there, even at that age, even at that age, still there. Also, and we have so many other to get to. We'll get to some of your comments. Also, I did want to ask you though, any. Embiid looked fine as far as the knee goes since yeah. we talked about it on Friday night with a little bit of a yep. scare. Looked like he was fine tonight. Yeah, he was questionable coming in. It was, um, you know, whenever Embiid's questionable, they're going to say he's got to go through his pregame routine, see how he feels. He When he came out, you could tell pretty quickly he's going to play in this game. And it is, I am kind of happy that they blew him out and he only had to play, what, I think about 30 minutes because you don't want to put too much stress on that knee, especially you got a couple of what should be pretty easy games coming up here against the Pistons. Maybe get him a little more rest there. Maybe even sit out a game. Who knows? But he didn't look any worse for the wear. And like I said, knees, you never truly know. Uh, that was a weird sort of landing he had in the last game. But it seemed like the couple of days off did him well. And he came out and he looked physically pretty fine. Yeah, he looked pretty good. Looked like he was moving with uh, no restrictions. I didn't see anything when they had the close-up. But he had that spill and I believe it was Kuzma. No, it was one of the other big guys. It might have been Gallinari or, or um, yeah. Muscala that fell on his leg. And it looked like he, he might have been in some really, really, you know, really big time pain. And he got up and he, he was fine again. So I didn't see a brace on his leg. So that no. was that was good to see. Uh, we, have a, we have a pretty spirited Zach Levine discussion going on in the chat. Okay. Just to be clear, I'm not, I'm not going to bring it up today. But if you are listening to this, expecting us to talk about it because it was brought up. Uh, by the athletic six could be a suitor that is something we will dive into a little bit tomorrow not today we'll try to keep today's show to a combination of post-game talk and ninja turtles yeah, yeah. might as well get the ninja turtles gotta stay on topic you know? yeah i just bought yeah. those as a gift so yeah a couple of those and i was surprised how i actually i actually made it though like uh, before we dive into it this is something kyle has actually talked about so i think he'd be upset if we got into a deep ninja turtles talk so we'll we'll shelve that one <laughs> without him yeah. without him yeah uh all, all, all right so uh, the three-point shooting, man, uh, 20 made threes on 46, 46 attempts, uh, shooting 43.5%. We talked about them getting after it right from the start. The only starter not to make one on three attempts was Nicholas Batum. And uh, off the bench, a few of the guys took some, did not make them. But 20 made threes against mm-hmm. whatever opponent, man, that's always a good recipe for uh, a nice victory to have on, on any given night when you drop 23s. It puts so much, so much pressure on the defense. For how they defend, whether it's them closing out at you and you can drive to the basket, the 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 kick, the ball moving around the perimeter faster than the defender, faster than the team trying to rotate and find their man, and they did a really good job tonight, Derek, of sharing the ball. And whenever you're making them, of course, it makes it look that much yeah. easier. And look, the Wizards stink. I feel like we've got to that everything we say with that. That being said, like when you have Tyrese Maxey, such a threat. I thought he did a real good job of, you know, he came out and got those couple of early threes. 
And I thought he did a good job of using the attention he receives to swing the ball around the perimeter and get open shots for his teammates. I thought he did a good job. Obviously, Joel Embiid, when he's drawing a crowd like he he did today and with the Wizards who have no chance to defend him, I thought he did a good job creating threes. I just like seeing this team. Well, how many threes did they shoot here? 46. In this one? I love that number. I would love to see that a little more frequently, uh, they, especially for the first, you know, 15 or so games. They really struggled to get up a decent chunk of three-pointers. Even against a bad team, even against an overmatched team, I just want to see them firing away. And threes at this point end up, in this game, end up almost 50% of their shots, shot attempts. 46 out of 95. Um, that's mm-hmm. not full-blown Boston Celtics, but it is, you know, the Celtics obviously prioritize that to more than almost any team in the league. You would just like to see that be a more healthy, more regular part of their diet. And again, the Wizards stink. <laughs> but I like the mentality that they came out with in, in pursuing and hunting those shots. Yeah. Now, look, uh, one of seven for Melton, like we've talked about plenty of times and they talked about before I even had an opportunity to join. As long as Melton is getting those shots up, that's okay. He, he, he looked good taking those shots. They looked like they were going to drop. Unfortunately, they did not tonight. They didn't need it. Maxi five for nine. Two for five for Embiid, and one was really late where, of course, we saw he was trying to get, hit his average, which he did. He got 34 tonight, he averaged 33. And Tobias, one of two, and Nicholas Batum, 0 for three. And this is not to pick on Tobias or anything. He had finished with 10 points on two of five shooting. He only got five shots up. I didn't even realize that as the game played out. That seemed almost impossible with the way that the ball was swinging and getting the shots off. But uh, only two attempts. But four for Beverly, four for Oubre, three each for Morris and Covington. And they were the real regulars tonight that I'm pointing out here as I'm looking at looking at the box score here. That is a good number. That's exactly what you need because you have more than capable average shooters to hoist these threes up to see if they can get into a pretty good rhythm, get something going, get that good feel going. And then you can watch it. You saw it from Maxi right from the start where he knocked down that first one from the ring for the first points of the game. After that, leaving his fingertips... He's already gotten to a point where we feel like he's going to make them anyway, no matter how far it is. It's like, okay, that's a good shot for Tyrese Maxey. But he drilled the first one, drilled the second one. Tobias Harris filed suit with his. They hit another one, timeout. And right there, you know immediately that's something that can be done to put that pressure on the defense. And it can demoralize a team when you're knocking down shots like that and you feel like as a defensive team, I'm doing everything I possibly can the right way to close out on these outside shooters, to defend the three-point line the way that I'm supposed to. And these guys are knocking it down, especially early. That can be deflating for a team when you're doing something like that. And it's infectious as well, right? Yep. All right, you want to move to maybe some of the bench or role players here? Let's get into it. Are we going going to my guy first? Who's that? Is that that Marcus Morris? Yeah. He was fine today. He was fine. No, he, he made his shots. He even got back. Honestly, the, the play I took, because I have an article coming out tomorrow, it's probably not going to be all that um, positive towards Marcus Morris. That's all right, because you've been positive on the show. Yeah. Well, at least today. Sort of. Best play I thought from Marcus. He ended up five for six from the field, two of three from three. I thought he did a good, good job of using that three-point shot to pump fake and get inside the paint. He hustled back in transition. And part of, you know, Marcus is a bad defender for a number of reasons. Doesn't protect the rim. Doesn't change direction well. Uh, takes a glacial amount of time to get going. But also because his effort and his, his his willingness to make a play on the ball just hasn't been there. 
I was happy with the fact that he hustled back in, in transition defense and made an attempt. Yeah. If he does that, I will back off of him a, a, a tiny bit. But he, okay. was, he was good today. He was good today. Sure. All right, let's get to your, your bench sure. conversation. But, I mean, I thought just everyone was pretty good today. It was nice to see Covington back in the rotation. I thought mm-hmm. he gave them solid minutes, hit a couple threes, played good defense. That was fine. Um, it was nice to see Daniel House. Now it was mop-up minutes, but it was good to dust him off and see him there. Uh, we already talked about Beverly a little bit. Ubre is, you know, didn't have the shot going, but I thought again his activity level, I like that. Just a a pretty good and I thought Paul Reed played a better game than he did, yep. certainly than he did the last game when he was benched in the second half from Obamba. But I thought Paul was was a better version of himself today, too. And he he's where I was gonna go next because Paul Reed, I thought after the performance that he gave on Friday night, lack thereof. It, it seemed like he was very disappointed in himself based on everything we were hearing. You were at the game for the first half, and he, he was upset with his performance, especially with Mo Bamba getting his, those minutes over him to start that fourth quarter on Friday night. And he came out and he played a really good game tonight, I thought. New look, cut his hair. He's back to the DePaul, Paul Reed okay. with the okay. with the low cut and the headband and everything. Evil Paul from DePaul. I exactly. Love it. I love it. And yep. and he came out there and he really did play a, a good game tonight. And they didn't have any centers to speak of, as you talked about earlier with no Gafford. And now you're relying on Mike Muscala and Gallinari getting a couple of minutes there as well, using some of the smaller. Patrick Baldwin, you talk about dusted off. A draft pick from the Golden State Warriors a couple of sure. seasons ago. They dusted him off because they just needed some bodies with some height uh, to come in and try to help out. But I thought Paul Reed was was pretty good. I thought he was pretty good tonight getting back in there and taking back his spot overall for the job that he did. Dan Murphy with a a super chat here for us. We appreciate it, Dan. The Sixers are better than the Bucks as currently de- constructed. Let's debate. Bucks were, well... Probably a topic for another day. Bucks were 15 and 7 coming in today. I don't know how they're doing so far in their game tonight. Uh, so they're neck and neck in terms of standings. Big thing with the Bucks is they have the t- league's 23rd ranked defense. Now, look, I don't want to spoil it, but you might not want to look up how the Sixers have been doing over the last month or so in <laughs> right. terms of defense. It's right around that area as well. But the Bucks do look like their depth was compromised, their defense was compromised. Uh, when you start talking, trying to debate who is their best perimeter defender it gets depressing pretty quickly and they are older and certainly they do not look as unbeatable as i think some people mentioned them or thought they would be coming into the season there are some warts that you can exploit let's see what they do at the deadline do they have a a host of veterans who Mm want to go there um are they able to make any real additions they obviously don't have draft picks to trade they traded all of them in the um drew holiday yep sure yeah and drew holiday before then too So they're asset depleted. But it is one instance where like, I still feel like they're trying to figure it out. Like in order for them to be great, they have to have a pretty much unstoppable offense and their offense has only been very good. And I feel like it's gotten better here of late. And by the end of the season, it could be borderline unstoppable, but there are certainly, I think Kyle and I both sort of said that's coming in. Their defense is a very legitimate concern. And after the first two months of play, their defense is a very legitimate concern. And that is going to be something that's going to be a little bit tough to rectify here uh, with their limited assets. So, yeah, I think, look, I still think that the Sixers team you see right now isn't the one that's going to end the season. I think there's a, a significant trade that's going to happen. Let's see how the Sixers look after that trade. Let's see how the Bucks look after a couple more months of continuity. 
but there's certainly a case to be made. Certainly compromises, of course, when you give up Drew Holiday, one of the better perimeter defenders in the league, and then you send away another starter in Grayson Allen, who may not have been an all-NBA-level defender, but he was at least a decent team defender next to Drew Holiday and having Giannis and Brooke Lopez on the back end to help clean out some things as the, as the defenders that they are. So they are certainly missing some key pieces. Pat Connaughton is not playing as much uh, with the injuries that he's continuing to deal with. He was at least, again, another team. So it was a lot of team defense, even though they had the two individuals with Holiday and, and Giannis and Brooke Lopez was even in a conversation for Defensive Player of the Year mm-hmm. for a good portion of last season. When you make that deal and you lose those two starters and Javon Carter even off the bench as a backup point guard who we know as a somebody who's at least going to hound you, campaign is totally different type of point guard where they, they never really replace that. And they're trying right now with Marshawn Bochamp off the bench. And again, we'll talk about them a little bit later, but right now they don't look good, but they have plenty of time, just like we've talked about with the Sixers to see what they look like later on to really evaluate them as we do. In fact, get closer to the playoffs. And here's one thing that just completely changes the equation. I think it was Kevin Pelton. I might be attributing this wrong. I apologize, but I think Kevin Pelton released his two early all-star teams. Okay. And he had... Maxi, first team ahead of Dame. And right now... All-star cer- team. Yeah. Okay. Right now, you could certainly make the case that Maxi had had a better season, certainly statistically, but I feel like even in terms of impact, than Damian Lillard. And if that ends up being even close to true, and honestly, like if you look at the... I think Maxi was at like 27 and 7 coming in, averaging 27 and 7 coming in. Dame is at 25.6 and 7, shooting 43% from the field, 36% from three. Maxi obviously has fewer turnovers because Maxi never turns the ball over. If that is even close to true, not only are the Sixers closer to the Bucks than any of us expected, but their path to making additions that can substantially help the team is so much clearer and so much easier at the deadline that they will be in a pretty good spot. I'll say it right now. He's been more consistent than Damian sure. Miller has been all year. Absolutely. So if, if it was Kevin Pelton who put that out there, then I would agree because of the consistency that we've seen all season from Maxi compared to where Damian Lillard had the really good start against the Sixers where he dropped, what, 30-plus against them mm-hmm. in the opener? And then he started to have some, 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 some dips and some struggles. He was single digits for a while in games where he got to the fourth quarter and had to really ramp it up. But, yes, I would agree with that, that he has been more consistent overall on the campaign than Damian Lillard, not campaign the backup point guard yeah, that yeah, I yeah. mentioned on the, yeah, on the season. For for Tyrese Maxey, so yeah, and we'll get into that again. That that's a that's a fun conversation to have on a on an off day when we have a full one hour show to get into some topical things outside of what we're doing here post game. And we'll have once again Kyle Newbeck later on from the arena as he finishes things up from the locker room and the post game, listening to the coach uh, speak. Uh, the Brook, uh, I think Liam said a little while ago, Milwaukee was up by three with a minute to play. Okay. Yeah, so uh, there's that. It was 117-114 uh, against Chicago. By the way, Chicago here in Philadelphia next Monday to take on the Sixers, and that's with uh, 30 seconds to go right now. So the Sixers right now at 15-7, and seven, they're tied with the Bucks with the exact same record. Both both teams one and a half games back of first place, the Boston Celtics, who are um, – and the Orlando Magic are one game back of the Celtics, half game up on both Milwaukee and Philadelphia, the Magic – Saw them. They took down Cleveland a little earlier. A little scared, too, because Paolo Bancaro had an in, uh, ankle injury in that game and uh, had to exit 
They've been incredible. Like really fun to watch. Surprisingly incredible. Yep. Really I've fun really to watch. Watching. Yeah. I, there, there are a lot of players there that I really like. Jalen Suggs was one of them from the draft when he came out a couple of years ago out of Gonzaga. Big fan of his. Big fan of his. And it's nice to see him getting back to the player that I, we saw at Gonzaga and the player that I thought he could be in the league. Markel Fultz banged up again, so I think that opened up an opportunity there. But they're playing real hard basketball for Jamal Mosley yep. right now. Like that team, like that team a lot. And when you talk about what Milwaukee looks like, just to wrap things up there, they did not look all that good against the Indiana Pacers. Indiana, we know they the Sixers, they took down Boston mm-hmm. to get to that Las Vegas tournament. And they beat Milwaukee in that semifinals to get to the championship against the Los Angeles Lakers. They just didn't have enough at the end. But Milwaukee, you saw some some kinks in there against that Indiana team in that game that they played on, what was that, Thursday night in that semifinal matchup. So I I see what a lot of people see there for for the issues that you have to bring up to say that the Sixers right now are – are better, but they are tied right now with the exact same record at this point. Uh, 43 in the first quarter, Derek, as we talk about the bench a little bit and overall, but 43, that was the um, the most in the quarter, first quarter for the season for the mm-hmm. team. And when we talked about them, again, just jumping on them, they definitely just jumped right out. 43, good to see them in that first quarter shooting overall 53%. They made 9 of 15 from 3 in that first quarter. Nine and- threes in a quarter, man. I love seeing it. Love seeing it. Beverly came in and knocked down three, his three makes in the first quarter in five minutes and 48 seconds of play. Five minutes and 48 seconds of play. Maxi three for three, a one from Harris, one from Melton, and Kelly Oubre hit his first, uh, on his first possession, he hit that first three-pointer. But the, the first quarter coming out jumping with 43, 37 in that third quarter, and they were just rolling all night. Didn't score under 32 in the frame all night. Yep. Also want to point out, we had a super chat from Babajide. I didn't see a question tagged along with that or a comment, but if you have something that you wanted uh, us to address, dr- uh, just drop it in there. Uh, if not, we appreciate the... Uh, just a donation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Take that right across the street over to the, uh, the, the, the pub after work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They'll still be open when we get <laughs> out of here, too. So we can walk right over there, breathe down. Let's go over to the pub and I'm go not sure we're, what $2 is really going to get us, but it'll help. It'll help. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out overall. Uh, during the stretch, Derek, as we talked about with this stretch coming up, making sure they win these games. They took the two last week. They start the week off right four games this week. Not much to complain about when they win these games. A little bit of tweaks here and there. But overall, just a, a, re- a really good, easy win. And it's nice to see them handling their business, even when they frustrate us a yeah. bit. Yeah. And look, I thought, obviously, we're going to talk a lot about the offense when you drop you know, nine threes in the opening quarter, 43 points in the opening quarter, you have 75, 46, I think at halftime, it's hard not to focus on the offense, but I did appreciate like this was a, a team, a Washington team that I felt like came out last week and the Sixers were unprepared for the pace that they play at. I thought the Sixers did a better job of being prepared for that, of matching that pace, of matching that energy and really force. And look, the Wizards had 22 turnovers. I think a lot of them, I don't want to say were unforced, but were really bad decisions. Uh, Kyle and I in the first half, when we get Kyle on, I'm sure we'll talk about it. He was just beside himself with some of the dumb mistakes that the Wizards and Kuzma specifically were making. That being said, the Sixers did apply much better pressure. And like I said, it just felt like they were matching their pace and the energy, whereas last week they were not. And in a, a team like Washington, who's completely overmatched, especially, 
again, I don't want to make too much out of Daniel Gafford, but missing their their best quote unquote option against Joel Embiid. As long as the Sixers came out and matched their energy and matched their pace and matched their physicality and aggressiveness, this was going to be an easy win. And the Sixers executed offensively and beat got whatever he wanted, especially in that third quarter. Tyrese Maxey, I thought, controlled the game. But defensively, it was also nice to see it was just a more connected, more consistent performance. And Rick Morris, we see your question. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. We'll probably, probably, maybe get into that. So make sure you tune in tomorrow. 2.30 start time for us tomorrow there, yep. Derek? Yeah, absolutely. 2.30 yep. tomorrow, Rick, and I think we're going to touch on that. And and with it, they are very fresh. They are, I, we can't stress it enough when we talk about how much they stink. And with them and the funk that comes with them as a team overall and, and, their, and, and how much they stink, I mean, one of the things that I thought coming in, I thought they were going to be bad, but you have two guys who can score the basketball, and shame on me for thinking that Jordan Poole was actually going to maybe bring some of that championship pedigree of how to play. Not necessarily wins, but how to play. To finally have a team where he is part of a one-two punch with Kyle Kuzma, and all of a sudden, he get, we see the other part of Jordan Poole. The reason why they would yell at him often. The reason why uh, they would... Steve Kerr will pull him out of a game, even though we saw him hit a 35-footer. But to see him playing the way that he... And look, maybe the losing does that to players in the league where they're just like, you know what, forget it. I'm just going out there and I'm getting mine. I already have my contract, so I might as well get my numbers, see if I can make an all-star team or something like that, even with our terrible record. But I got to be honest, Derek, I liked Jordan Poole at Michigan. I didn't know he was going to be as good as he was with the Golden State Warriors. And when he was sent to Washington, teaming up with Kyle Kuzma once again, I didn't think their record would be really good. I just thought that he would be a much better player next to Tyus Jones, another solid veteran in the backcourt with him, where they would come in and try to maybe set, you know establish something a little bit yeah. there. And it's just been... I can't, I can't imagine being a Washington Wizards fan having to watch him play every night. I'm yeah. sorry. No, his, his decision-making is tragic. And you look at some of his shooting numbers, and that one year with Golden State, he shot like 35 36% from three. It was only his third year in the league. He thought, all right, maybe there's something to build on here. And every year since then, his decision-making has gotten worse. The shot selection has gotten worse. When you see somebody drop from 36% from three to 29% from three, a lot of that, some of that at least, is going to come down to they're just taking more shots. And part of that's because he doesn't have any kind of real offensive players around him. There's nobody that's going to leave him to provide help elsewhere. But a lot of it's just his decision-making is terrible. His effort is terrible. His, <laughs> I would, uh, There was a point not too long ago where people were having a Jordan Poole versus Tyrese Maxey debate. You remember that. Yeah. Boy, is that yeah. freaking gone, man. That's yeah. nowhere, no, one, no one in the world, no one in the planet is having that debate. Uh, he would be frustrating as all heck to watch. I and could, look, the Wizards... Couldn't imagine it. I don't know what they're going to do. They're not necessarily trying to win right now. But they're also not helping his trade value. Like, if, if their goal is to let him run up stats and flip him, I don't think having him play in his completely unstructured system is going to help do that. <laughs> Listen, I'm, I'm looking at Brandon B, and then we're going to get to Kyle here live from the arena. Brandon B says, Wizards are tanking until they move to Virginia. It's a free-for-all down there. <laughs> it's really bad. Really, really bad. By the way, the Bucks in overtime now. 
Bucks and Bulls in overtime. Okay. Okay. So there's that. Let's head. Bulls on a, on a, on a, about a five game winning streak. I think they're playing All much better. All of a sudden, better. Zach Levine leaves a leaves a the roster and or not leaves a roster, yes. but it's out of the lineup. They're winning basketball. Is games. he the problem? Hmm. 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 Might, might touch on that tomorrow. Don't know. We will see. Let's get to our guy live from the arena. Kyle Newbeck, who I saw after Derek hit his three-pointer before he left the arena, hitting his three-pointer for the Sixers. I saw Kyle in the third quarter knock down two three-pointers because everyone was making threes. Kyle, good shooting tonight. Hey, listen, I just want the post-game beer that Pat Bev had at the podium. That's all I'm asking for. So I, <laughs> That's I don't know reward, about yeah. any made threes, but I, I want my beer. That's all. You got it, man. You got it. Well, look. Kyle, this one, we've talked about it last week when I was able to join you guys jumping in, and we talked about the schedule that was upcoming. They took care of business last week, and they really, right from the gate, 12-0, 19-2 run to start things off, and they jumped on them and never looked back. Yeah, you know, you really appreciate a, a professional effort right from the start against a team like this because a professional effort is basically all it takes to beat a team that's this bad, like the Wizards. Uh, I think the thing that Joel Embiid focused on in the locker room was that the defensive energy and execution was just night and day difference compared to last week. Like, obviously, you don't need Joel to score 50 points if you show up with the proper defensive intensity against a team like Washington. And you know that was even borne out in garbage time, right? Like, you had guys like Mo Bamba, Jaden Springer, D House, all still flying around the floor. I mean, maybe that says more about how much of a dumpster fire the Wizards are than the Sixers. But even still, to see them come out and uh, win a comprehensive 45-point blowout, always a good thing. It's a soft part of the schedule, but you still got to take advantage of that part of the schedule. I heard you guys talking about the Bucks. You know, look, they're playing the Bulls right now. Should have been an easy win, but heading to overtime, it's looking like. What do you mean, Kyle? The Bulls have won four games in a row. Flying Oh, high. yeah, the might. The mighty unstoppables over there, yeah. <laughs> so get, given some of the comments you made while I was there on Press Row next year, I think I know the answer to this. But if you had to cover Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole every day, which one would frustrate you more? I, I'm sorry, I don't have very many serious questions about this game. It was a <laughs> joke. The answer is yes. No, I, don't, <laughs> okay. I don't think there's a guy who's less frustrating. It probably depends on the night. Uh, to that point, though, Derek, you and I both watched there was a play where him and Denny Advia go up for the same rebound. Denny comes down with it and Kuzma. <laughs> yeah. And keep in mind, this is when the game was still, when I say relatively close, it was never really closer than 15 points the whole night, but it's probably like a 12 to 15 point game at that point. And Kuzma throws up his arms and starts walking down the floor instead of trying to get in the next possession. It's like, bro, what? your teammate went up and got a rebound. Like, what are you sitting there bitching about? So yeah, that was not my favorite thing I've ever seen on a basketball court. On the other hand, I've seen Jordan Poole do a 180 before taking a three. So <laughs> I, it's like six and one half dozen in the other. I think it's no matter how you look at it, it's glass half empty for that team. All right. A more serious question then. Uh, did anybody mention Joel Embiid, his knee, how he's feeling after the game, if there's any kind of wear and tear there? Uh, Joel said, I'm fine, which in Joel's what he always says, what, yeah, it's like, I can't even translate that. It could mean a different thing depending on the day. It'll be one of those that until he has a rough night, he'll keep saying he's fine. And then I'll mention, <laughs> yeah, I've been playing with a knee thing for weeks. I will say he was getting treatment on it after the game. He got 
wrapped with ice around the knee. So obviously we're going to have to keep an eye on it. I think honestly, the big positive coming out of that game is that he got the whole fourth quarter off. Only had to play a little under 30 minutes and you blow him out so badly that didn't have to put a lot of wear and tear on the big guy. Kyle, something you and Derek talk about a lot is making sure they get up a, a healthy amount of three pointers within the flow of the offense. They get up 46, but not only that, they make 20 of them. And we spoke about them making the nine in the first quarter. Patrick Beverly coming in five minute, five plus minutes. He knocks down three, his first three opportunities, getting up four. But just overall, your thoughts as we talk about it often, and again, hearing you two speak about it, that they got a healthy amount up and they made a good portion of them. Yeah, look, I mean, we talk about it all the time. Guy like Patrick Beverly, Nick Nurse has gone to him and said, you got to shoot more. You're getting open opportunities. You got to take them. And it might be part of why Marcus Morris is playing right now, right? He's always a a fairly willing shooter. Even when he's getting closed out on, he'll step in, hit a mid-range jumper. But Pat Bev's improvement as a shooter over these last, you know, three weeks or so has made a big difference for that second unit. He's confident. You know, he said, this is a direct quote from Pat Bev after the game said, we're shooting the shit out of the ball. Uh, He attributed some of that to practicing a lot. He said he had a coach in Europe that believed in the idea of you get your game legs in practice, you get your game shots in practice, and it all ends up translating. So, of course, they have an off day tomorrow. So if they play like shit on Wednesday and shoot terribly, we can say they got to practice more, go the uh, Larry Brown old school route of just practicing all the time. But, yeah, I mean, look, this to me is like a a get-right game for everybody. I, I think to see Tyrese and Tobias make four threes in like a minute and a half to open the game, the lid's just off the basket for everyone. And I mean, right down to the end of the game, we saw D House making threes. Jaden Springer had some transition buckets. Mo Bamba beat somebody off the dribble for a layup. Like yep. all these guys had some type of positive moment tonight. And whether they're in the rotation next game or over the next week or not, that's just their moments to build on, even if it is against a, a terrible team. And look, now they're 15 and seven. You know, that that's totally different from when we looked at it 12 and seven, just five games over 500. That it just feels different, of course. And that's what we talked about. They're just going to pile these up, pick up these wins because you're going to need them in the long run when you're trying to separate yourself, maybe from the third place team or the fourth place team or whatever it might be to make sure that you position yourself for those standings later on. And that's why this week is also important when we get ready for them to play the Detroit Pistons, uh, the worst record in the NBA right there, just as bad as this Washington team, but work has to be done. Well, and look too, they already got three games against the Celtics out of the way. Obviously you would have liked to come out of those with at least two wins, but those are, in theory, your toughest conference games you're going to play all season. So they're certainly not going to have all easy games the rest of the way. But when you get those done and you say, okay, there, there's plenty of pockets in the schedule that they can go out and attack. And uh, a soft schedule is only as valuable as you make it, right? And that's what makes a performance like this nice is we can sit there and say, look, they're taking the right approach to this. There have been seasons in the past where – hasn't been as professional against a team like this. I think especially I mean, there was when a, a moment a, a week ago like, where it wasn't as professional correct. against a team like this. Yeah. But I think there were stretches for, you know, weeks at a time in the past where Joel and Ben, specifically those young days, they're learning how to lead a team. 
would go through the motions for several straight games against, you know, we would say non-marquee matchups. And you're given back games that like, yeah, they would get up to play the Warriors and some of the other biggest teams in the league. But those don't matter as much if you can't beat the bad team. So, you know, we're not throwing a parade over here or anything, but it's still nice to pick up wins no matter who they're against or when they're happening. There's no Philadelphia 76ers victory tour just yet. Not quite. So here's my last question for you, Kyle. Do you have any kind of sense, you know, they obviously have an off day tomorrow, like you mentioned, of how Nick plans this? Because I feel like with Doc, we at least had a sense if they're moving to, or if they're traveling to a warm climate with a nice golf course, might be an off day. They're going to Detroit, so I can't be here. Do you have any sense for how Nick plans these off days? I mean, he's a big music guy, right? Maybe might want to get to like Detroit local, early. Yeah, yeah a little okay. local venue. Some uh, I don't know what kind of concerts are happening in Detroit in early to mid December. Doesn't seem like a hotbed for no. any big acts, but because he's so passionate, maybe he's got some some indie groups or an indie artist that he's really into going to go search that out. Maybe he's a Detroit style pizza guy. You know, I don't know. I haven't talked to him about food too much yet, but yeah, I, I would imagine some of it will just be a little bit of R and R, you know, take it in a little bit and they, they have what three games and four nights after mm -hmm. that. So yep. take a little bit of downtime and then gear up for what should still be a relatively easy three wins. We hope, but yeah. Rest up all the same. Well, if he if he's going looking for a show out there in Detroit, you know he know he knows where to go. You can let him know if he doesn't. You can go to Game Time and get some Good. get a little break. Ah, we love the we love the pub. We yeah. Love the pub. You know, uh, by the way, Detroit lost their twentieth consecutive game tonight uh, to the Indiana Pacers. Fresh off their loss. Is there not a Colangelo around that they can send their way? It feels <laughs> like they need some help here. What do you mean, Monty's there? Yeah, got the seventy-five mil. It's all good. Uh, they lost 123, <laughs> 131 to the Indiana Pacers. And oh, again, so the Pacers covered, by the way. I believe the line was like six and a half over was the it? weekend. Okay. So shout so they out lost to Indiana. That, and Detroit is now 2-21 and 21 on the season, their 20th consecutive loss. Well, we'll see what the Sixers do. I do was going to say. Are you up for a Weave rant here, or are you going to let that one slide? No, I mean, listen, we've, uh, it, it feels rude to just kick dirt on somebody's grave that's already filling up with dirt. So uh, <laughs> I would say this, you don't want to be the team that snaps the 20 plus game losing streak. So I hope the Sixers come out and take care of business against these boys. Cause it, it'll go from, you know, after the game, Pat post game beer, 45 point win vibes are really good. Easiest way to kill the vibes is to lose to the Pistons. So yeah. let's, uh, Let's I keep everybody happy. Safe. I think they, they should be safe. At they least. should be. Well, Kyle, it was I nice to see your so. name in the box score with those three-pointers, man. Good job since everybody rained threes tonight. And uh, we'll, get back to, we'll get back with you tomorrow, 2.30. Also, be sure to go to allphly.com and check out Kyle's post-game column. Well, thank you very much because I don't think there will be another follow-up on that bloodbath. So, Devon, I'm looking forward to seeing you make a, a three of your own against Detroit in the next few days. Even with the bad Achilles, they can't cover me. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good. Thanks, man. Take it easy, fellas. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks, Kyle Newbeck, live from the arena. Again, we'll be all, all four, all three of us together tomorrow. Brianna will be here as well. And we'll be back with you tomorrow at 2.30. Anything stand out there? I think that's about all I got. They felt Lots good. They little, felt good. Yeah. They felt good. And, and Sixer fans out there, you should feel good. That your team did their job tonight against a poor team and they handled their business. 
And right now, Milwaukee, 128 to 123 in OT with about a minute and some change to play. Detroit up next. We'll have time to talk about them uh, on Wednesday. This one was easy. It was? Flawless. You guys were flawless, just like the Sixers were tonight against the, yep. the Wizards. So the vibes just flow over here from the arena to, to uh, the studios here. But we got a lot of people to thank. Too. I guess we, we could thank some of them. We got Dan, we got Chrissy, Brandon, Rick, uh, Tafka Yams, love the name, Liam, Kevin, Elaine, Jay Bart, a whole bunch of people in the chat as I'm scrolling up. Well, it's a lot of, a lot of repeat commenters as well. We appreciate all of you. If you are not joining in on the fun, and there's a lot of people on here watching, not commenting, be sure to subscribe to the PHLY Sports Hit the bell icon to get notifications for when we go live. You can come in, join the chat, talk with your fellow Sixers fans, interact with us while the show is going on. We really do appreciate it. Dan says uh, him versus me one-on-one at the center on Friday night. I do, I do kind of feel bad that like the people who comment at the end tend to get called out, whereas people who comment early on yeah. in the show and then maybe stop, don't. like Even some of the people who gave us super chats, I feel like we should probably... Baba Jide, we should call him out because yes. there's a super chat. Dan... Another super chat. We should call them out. Corey. Maybe we should, really, while you're talking, I should be sitting there taking notes of people who are chatting so we don't have a you know a, a bias towards people commenting at the end. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So while I'm going after Dan, even though he did give us a super chat, we appreciate it. Saying that I'm cooked, I don't appreciate that. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not cooked. Just have to rehab the Achilles, my man. That's all. But take, take it easy. Take it easy. Yeah, I'll, I'll get there. And then we can meet up at the court and uh, maybe we'll play some horse or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so listen, everybody, we appreciate Loser you. has to drop a super chat in the next uh, next show. That's good. Yeah. There's no limit. Well, there's a limit. Um, yeah, there's a <laughs> limit. I don't want to say that. Uh, Derek, as always, man, this is fun. This has been fun. Yep. Really appreciate it. Brianna, appreciate great work for the uh, outstanding producing. And we appreciate Kyle uh, joining us from the arena. We thank you. We hope to see you tomorrow at 2.30 right here for the PHLY Sixers podcast. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell another friend. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe to make sure you jump in and hang out with us. It's been real tonight. Sixers with a an easy win over the Wizards. They are 15-7 and seven on the season. Next up, they will have the Detroit Pistons in Detroit on Wednesday for the front end of a home-and-home home back at the center on Friday to host those same Detroit Pistons before heading to Charlotte for another seemingly easy victory. We'll talk about it all throughout the week. We'll talk to you tomorrow at 2.30. Everybody, have a good rest of your night. We'll talk to you then.